You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You, you feel this this nervousness on the phone there? Sir, I've been trying to make an urgent phone call up there. Well, I don't think it's something I want to do on an overseas phone. You got to make some phone calls. Hang up the phone. Prank caller. Prank caller. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Packernet After Dark. So glad to have you. Thank you guys so much for responding. I mentioned yesterday, call in or we will not have a show. And I... Um, a lot of times as I'm doing this, I'm pulling up all the stuff, <laughs> kind of binding, biding my time. And sure enough, we got uh, 10 additional calls since I put out the call to action, so I appreciate that. If you'd like to call in, please do 608-501-0718 is the phone number to call. Just go ahead and leave a message, and we'll talk about it. And we do have two new callers. New callers go to the front of the line, so why don't we start with that? Make sure we got all the settings all ready to go, and we do. And uh, first new caller of the day, new caller, what's going on? Hey, Ryan. This is Blake calling, uh, Michigan resident. Hey. Uh, I kind of come from a unique background with my Packer fanhood. Uh, lived in southeast Michigan, halfway between Ann Arbor and Detroit my whole life. Um, dad's side of the family is all from Michigan. Mom's side of the family is uh, from Wisconsin. And there has you go. Deep Packer ties, uh, season ticket holders. Grew up uh, going to games and so forth. I guess the main theme of my call today would be uh, just regarding the, uh, I guess, the good vibes sort of surrounding the Detroit Lions, obviously, our divisional rival. Now, I know you've commented in the past about, you know, how you feel like you don't really see in Wisconsin as much of a presence from the Lions fans, which is understandable. But obviously, as someone who spent my entire life in Michigan – you know, going to school with Lions fans. I'm a school teacher, so I teach Lions fans, uh, students in high school, things like that. Um, if you lived around here, you'd see, uh, the optimism sort of growing around the team right now. I mean, they've got the draft capital. They obviously had the huge win for their standards against us in week 18, which is hugely disappointing. But obviously with, uh, their draft capital and their coordinator Ben Johnson announcing that he's coming back to take the reins of the offense another year I guess I was just curious about your level of concern with them right now obviously Minnesota with the big bounce back here we can laugh at them still and then the Chicago Bears obviously are the Bears well aware of how you feel about them but just was curious about your thoughts um, regarding the Lions obviously my whole life I've had a chance to <clears throat> sort of laugh at Lions fans, but now we've got, obviously, hi. obviously we've got hi. a uh, changing of the guard here. So I'll hang up and listen. Maybe I'll call back in a couple weeks after I've had a chance to kind of decompress from the season and talk to you about some of my draft questions. Thanks a lot. Have a good one. Bye. Yeah, so I mean, my fear of the Lions is relatively high, largely because, again, I, I think that they are massively overperforming based on the talent they have on the roster. And my whole fear has always been what's going to happen when they start adding more talent. Now, th- this isn't a guarantee because, like everything else, everything decays over time. And that's true of the Detroit Lions as much as it is with anybody else. And... um 
I got to stop watching this game. It's going to be distracting. The, the Jaguars-Chiefs game just started. So I'm a little distracted, but that, that's going to be the test. And although I think they, they seem to have a good uh, group of, of people over there, I just saw that they lost somebody in their personnel department, somebody that's respected, but they've got a, a group of guys over there. Um, the, the question is going to be not only how well can you maintain as things begin to deteriorate, but continue to add on. And you're going to get more and more, more and more expensive over time. You know, as you know, when you're a bad football team, one of the benefits is nobody costs any money because everybody sucks. And so you can go out in free agency and pay for guys. Well, now you're going to have to start paying because these guys are actually stepping up and they're starting to figure some things out. Um, an additional negative would be the quarterback situation, because on one hand, you can look at it and say, you know, Garrett, Jared Goff is nothing super special. He had a great year, you know, all things considered Jared Goff and all that. I'm not talking top five quarterback or anything, but it's similar to the Vikings where you can look at it and say, this team could be so much better if we had a great quarterback. But the second you move off of Jared Goff, you lose that baseline. Whereas, yeah, you can get better, but you could also get significantly worse, especially if you're relying on a rookie quarterback. So as much as the obvious fear of mine is, if you can do all that with this little, um, what could you be with more talent? There's also concerns of, you know, can you even maintain as things start to deteriorate? So for example... The offensive line. You have a premier offensive line out there. But how much longer is Taylor Decker going to play? What about Vitae? Right? So, yeah, I mean, Panay Sewell is a freak. And Ragnow is relatively young. And Jonah Jackson seems to be pretty much a stud. I mean, Jonah Jackson is kind of like a John Runyon. Both very good pass-blocking guards. Um, so, so, I mean, I'm not saying you're going to go to zero there. But that's, that's the kind of thing I'm talking about. On top of that, Jamal Williams, is he even going to come back? And if he does, how much is he going to cost? Probably a ton of money. I don't know if you're going to pay him because you also got to wonder about DeAndre Swift, right? Jamal might be, I mean, he is gone until they, unless they bring him back. But also, DeAndre Swift's going to be looking for a bunch of money. You know, wide receiver, pretty much the wide, the, the Lions only have Amon Ross St. Brown and Jamison Williams right now. DJ Chark is gone unless they bring him back. Josh Reynolds, Khalif Raymond, Quintus Cephas, they're all in the final years of their contract. And then again, you look at the defense and it's like, well, this, this is where they're the weakest and can add the most. Well, that's kind of true. But at the same time, they do have some strengths. I mean, some of these pass rushers, Charles Harris, Julian Aquara, Austin Bryant, Romeo Aquara, that's not a terrible group. And Bryant is, is again, currently gone. He's a free agent this year. And both of the Aquaras are in the final year of their, of their deal, as is Charles Harris. Are you going to pay all these guys? Isaiah Bugs and John Kaminsky are free agents this year. Michael Brockers in the final year of his of, of his deal. You got three linebackers that are free agents this year: Alex Anzalone, Chris Board, Josh Woods. Obviously, the last two are not as big of a deal as Alex Anzalone, and Anzalone isn't even that good. But you get my point, right? Uh, the safeties, half of your safeties are free agents. Um, Amani Aruarie and Jeff Okuda. Jeff Okuda is already in the final year of his rookie deal, and although probably I'm guessing exercises fifth year option, I think is is the option that they have similar to Jordan Love. And I'm sure that they will, so that won't be that big of a deal. But then, again, you're talking big money for Akuda next year. And and again, Mike Hughes and Amani Arawarie are free agents right now. So on one hand, you're looking at getting stronger. On the other hand, it's like we, we just are going to struggle to just maintain. And if we're going to maintain, if we bring back Arawarie and Hughes, that's going to cost a lot of money. And then you got Akuda, which is going to cost a lot of money starting, I mean, kind of a little bit now, but also next year. And we also got to pay Deshaun Elliott to bring him back. That's going to cost a lot of money. And we want to pay, you know, the Oquaras. That's going to cost a lot of money. And that's just to maintain this level. And, and the, other, the other fear for the Lions is how much longer can you maintain this, this, this uh, you know, playing at 110%, right? This, this buy-in. After a while, people are going to get burned out. Like, yeah, I mean, all the talk is great and getting all fired up is great, but I'm tired of being a team that, you know, misses the playoffs. Talk is cheap, and if they miss again next year, I have to assume that some of these players are going to start to get burned out on it a little bit. So, I mean, they have the potential to be an absolute powerhouse. If they had the roster that any of these playoff teams currently have, the way that they play, I think that they'd be Super Bowl favorites. And they're definitely a team to be feared. But it's not all in one direction. There's still a lot of questions. And, and, and the other thing is, the final point I'll make, now that they're not a bottom-of-the-barrel team, they're not going to be getting those top five picks anymore. Now they're going to be picking 15, 16, 17, 18. And so now you get that one swing at a kind of, you know, 30% chance of being a stud type player. 
you know, just making up numbers, but 30% chance he's a stud, 30% chance he's good, not great, 30% chance he just isn't very good at all. Now is when that whole parody thing starts to work against you, as opposed to the NFL trying to force you up all these years, despite your resilience at uh, staying at the bottom of the barrel for however many decades. I keep saying you, you know, I don't mean you. I know you're a Packer fan. I'm just pointing in that general direction where you live. But I appreciate the call. Please keep calling back. We got one more new caller. What's going on, new caller? What's up, Brian? Jesse from Oregon. What up, man? Um, yeah, I've just been thinking, you know, you've had a lot of calls talking about possible uh, combination of people we can draft. Yeah. I was just uh, wondering, nobody's been thinking or nobody's brought this up. Um, I would actually be quite excited if we got two tight ends in the draft, uh, mainly uh, Maker and uh, home boy from Georgia, which I can't. Washington, yeah. Right now. Um, I think that would cause a lot of problems and would help both in the pass and the run game. Yep. And also uh, just this last Packer Net After Dark, you talked about uh, Mike LaFerre. Fleur going to the Packers and how you would not like that. Uh, I kind of disagree, but uh, the reason why that is is because he was the running game coordinator in San Francisco, and yeah. you mentioned how when you were looking at the Packers play, the run game was basically a mess, uh, how the blocking teams were a mess. And um, I think LaFleur was the passing game coordinator when it was with Shanahan, if I can remember, right? Okay. So it seems like they uh, perfected different parts of the Shanahan offense, in a sense. And uh, maybe Mike LaFleur can uh, help with the run scheme. So in that sense, or in that case, if he's coming to really fix our run game, I would actually think it would be a good pickup. Anyway. Uh, have a good rest of your day. Thanks. Yeah, we'll start with the second part first. Um, I'm, I'm not completely opposed to it. I, I just have certain reservations, and I think there's going to be a lot of scrutiny um, just based on is this the right pick? From from my point of view, it's not even so much that I don't think he would be the right pick. It's just I would have a lot of concerns that this is Matt doing what he's most comfortable with as opposed to picking the right person. But I could absolutely see that being the right man for the job. I just don't know. And the fact that he got fired and somebody else had mentioned he, he got fired because he was the guy that got thrown under the bus. It wasn't his fault. Look at the quarterbacks. I get all that. I don't know any of that. I don't, I didn't follow the jets that closely. Um, but yeah, I, I generally speaking, I have no issue bringing in a 49ers guy. Um, and as you said, yeah, Matt's an offensive, uh, offensive. He's more of a pass guy. He was a quarterback's coach for most of his, uh, tenure, uh, before being, you know, offensive quarter, but passing is kind of his thing. And so, yeah, if you bring in a a running guy, which is what we had, the, you know, we had the offensive line guy as our offensive coordinator. But again, my my concern is that he was a bit of a disaster. I don't know. And I'm starting to wonder as much as uh, yesterday or whatever f- was the day that I said, for sure, we're getting a new offensive coordinator. As I look at the calendar, I'm thinking, I don't know, man, we're running, <laughs> we're running out of time here. Um, there's no... Well, there is an, an, an official timeline. I don't know what it is, but somebody had pointed out that like the latest we had ever moved on from somebody or relieved them of their duty was like the 13th, and it's already the 21st. So it's uh, a week beyond when we usually make those moves. And I think even usually it's two people, I think, that got let go on like the 10th. And then one was the 13th, and today, as I look at it, it's the 21st. So might be getting uh, the exact same guys back as we had before, but I'm still very interested to hear what people have to say in terms of Aaron Rodgers and whatnot and their um, discontent with the offense because it did feel like it was directed that way. Anyways, in terms of the tight end, look, I I will say this. I I don't think there's any chance that they do it. In fact, I don't think they'll even have the opportunity to because Darnell Washington probably isn't going to come anywhere near where we're going to be picking in the second round if he even goes in the second round. However, the logic of it, I, I I feel like I know it's wrong, but I don't know why it's wrong. I, I, I feel like if, if I were to propose this, propose this to people that knew things, they'd say that I'm an idiot. But I'm, I'm there right there with you. Why wouldn't that be just absolutely lethal? You're getting essentially, if you get Michael Mayer and Darnell Washington, are you not getting 
two additional offensive linemen and two additional wide receivers? Isn't that essentially what we're doing? We're getting two receiving threats and two inline blockers. And we can have we can line them up. I mean, the 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 offense could essentially be, at least my favorite formation would be 12 personnel, which is one running back, two tight ends, two wide receivers. Christian Watson, Romeo Dobbs, Michael Mayer, Darnell Washington, and Aaron Jones slash AJ Dillon in the backfield. And if we're running the ball, we have freaking Michael Mayer and Darnell Washington as additional offensive linemen on the offensive line. And that is frightening. And you could even line them up next to each other. It doesn't have to be on either side. You could have two tight ends to one side. You could have one tight end on either side. I freaking love that. And if you're passing the ball, you have... Oh, he's going to break it, isn't he? Go, go. Dang it. I was hoping he'd get a touchdown. You've got Dobbs and Watson and, like, what? How freaking tall is Darnell Washington? 6'7"? He's an absolute freakish monster of a human being. And then Michael Mayer, who's actually somehow a pretty good route runner, despite being huge. Again, Michael Mayer is a, is shorter, but is somehow the same uh, weight as Mercedes Lewis. And Washington, I believe, is bigger than Mercedes Lewis. These guys are animals. So, I, I, I again, I, I most people, I don't know, I wouldn't draft a tight end and all that. And it feels like the, the general consensus is they're not that valuable. I'm looking at that combo, and I'm saying, yeah, dude, do it. Just let's just, if, if we can do it, let's please do it. I want to do it. Let's do it. I mean, what do we need on offense? Blockers and receivers. Okay. Get you a blocker and a receiver in the first round and a block. Rather than and or, we can go tackle wide receiver or we can go tight end, tight end and get two of each. Again, I'll concede before anybody says anything that I'm wrong, but I'm telling you right here, stone faced, I don't know why I'm wrong because I freaking love that. Hey, what's up? This old modified fighter calling. Hey, I just wanted to let everybody know that before they call up here with crazy trade, draft trades, and all that stuff, <laughs> use Google, look up <laughs> NFL draft value chart, and it basically tells you how many points each draft pick is worth. So when y'all throw out like trades, it'd be like more realistic. Um, hey, Bears fans, are you listening? You should probably listen to what he just said. Um, so I have one option, best worst case scenario. Okay. okay. I already called before and said Aaron Rodgers, we need to trade him. So it's two destinations. One would be the Raiders. He'd be back to Devontae. Yep. I would love for him to give us the seventh pick, and that's it for Rodgers, but that's a lot. I don't know if they would do that. Right. But they could give us the seventh pick, which is worth 1,500 points. And then they take our pick, which is worth uh, 10, 1050, all right? And then they just add a second round to it. Okay. So basically, we'll move all the way up to the seventh. We could get Quentin Johnson in, the wide receiver, and then also have their second pick, which is high, grab a tackle, and then have our second pick. Yeah. All right. The next option would be basically Let do me, the same thing. I want to pause that for a second because I want to I want to go through that. Just for a second. The, the, the biggest reason I want to rethink that is because I'm I'm iffy on taking Quentin at 15, if I'm being completely honest. And so I'm just kind of wanting to look at it because if we did have pick seven, what does make the most sense? And honestly, as I'm looking at it, Quentin is definitely an option. But I think if we're going to be up here, um, the things that make the most sense, I'm seeing a lot of edge rushers or defensive line in general. You got Miles Murphy. Tyree Wilson, Brian Brzee, which I think is how you say it. That's how a lot of people say his name. I don't know. I haven't really... Just saying what other people say. I do like Breezy. I think somebody said that not as a joke, and uh, I'm pretty sure that's entirely wrong, but I do like it, and I may adopt it. Also worth noting, Will Levis, generally seen in that range, and if if he does end up going earlier like some people think he may, um, you know... Put somebody else there, C.J. Stroud, whatever. I'm sure Bryce Young will be long gone by then, but somebody may be available. Um, Paris Johnson, the offensive tackle, potentially could be in that range. Otherwise, I don't see a ton. You do have the wide receivers, Quentin Johnson, Jordan Addison. Uh, I think it's a little early for Skaronski, at least at this point. Definitely not Michael Mayer. So that, that's kind of the, the one negative is you look at it and 
the all the granted we, we could get a guy that there's no way we're going to get a 15 but we don't know who that is and so everybody that you look at and you say maybe we could get him it's like we could maybe get him at 15 like Brzee is constantly being mocked to the Packers at 15 he's he's consensus pick eight but who knows um the only one that I haven't seen go to the Packers at 15 that we could get there is Tyree Wilson the edge rusher out of Texas Tech but again Quentin Johnston probably won't make it to the Packers at 15 but I've seen seen that mocked and everything else so that's one thing that's not super fun about it but then as you said we would get the two second round picks so um if i get the full order because i want to know where the raiders they have the pick 39 and we have pick 46 so 39 and 46 i haven't even looked really at much at the second round but in that range you've got wide receiver zay flowers is in there felix and whatever uzoma edge rusher Dewan Jones, the tackle. Kayshawn Boutte over there at LSU. Wide receiver, of course, Darnell Washington. And that the, the other good thing about that trade with the Raiders, if we did get their second pick, I don't think we'd get Darnell Washington to fall to us, but you probably could take him if you had the Raiders pick, potentially. Otherwise, Dalton Kincaid a little bit further on. Um, Andre Carter, edge rusher. One of the benefits of having so many, I don't, I, I don't even know if you want to call them needs, but we don't have a lot of settled positions. Um, I don't think we would take a corner, whether or not you actually like the guys we have. I don't think the Packers are in a position to say we are going to take a first-round corner, second-round corner. But aside from that, pretty much anything. So as you go through it, it's like edge rusher, wide receiver, not a linebacker, but wide receiver, tight end, edge, defensive line, tight end, interior offensive line, edge, tight end, wide receiver, defensive Like, yeah, dude, all that. Take all that, one of each. Thank you very much. But you also got... My guy, Jalen Hyatt. But the thing is, it's it's kind of the same positions because I wanted to see, is there something we can't really get up here? I mean, you definitely want to focus on positions that you struggle to fill later on. Uh, I think we could take a wide receiver in the second round and be fine. So we wouldn't need to take Quentin Johnston. Now, maybe Quentin's a stud and everybody else sucks. I don't know. But I would probably want to take Tyree Wilson. You pair him up with Rashawn. Hopefully that's... Awesome. I haven't really looked at Tyree. I'm not going to lie. I just assume he's gone, but I will at some point do that. And then you got plenty of wide receiver options in the second round, but you also got edge options. You got running back options. You got all the same options, tight end, whatever you want to do in the first round. So it, it kind of doesn't seem to matter. The one thing that I don't see a ton of would be tackle. So that would be something to strongly consider in the first round. Anyways, sorry, please continue. With Tennessee. All right. Now their pick is only worth actually two fifty more than ours, so that's less of a deal. Pick eleven, yeah. But you everybody expecting multiple first round picks for Rogers, we're not gonna get it. So the best we can get is just a first round straight up. But again, that's that might be like pulling teeth. But um we he definitely needs to go. We definitely need to move on. But I would love for us to trade him to the Raiders and we swap picks and get a second because literally we could get everything we need. In this draft, from uh, starting wide receiver, starting tackle, starting tight end, you know, another pass rusher, like literally just having that many picks in the first three rounds, even though we've been striking right in the third, you know, we could be good and we could be set. Also, you know, even trading back and getting some more stuff. But we definitely have to draft before Houston because Houston has the second. They don't get their quarterback. But then they also have the 12th, and they will pick their wide receiver, the best wide receiver in the draft. So we have to get before 12. So that's why I say even with Tennessee or the Raiders, we should be good. But, again, people look up the draft value chart and then try to make up your own good scenarios of what we could trade for and things of that nature. Hopefully it works out good, but I'm praying we just go ahead and trade Rodgers and get something great for him. So, all right, take it easy, Bob. Yeah, you know, it's funny, and um, I don't talk about it on tomorrow's podcast. I kind of ran out of time, but I will talk about it. I'll plan on it um, on the uh, podcast after that, couple days, whatever. But I started looking into, not that anybody knows, but the projected trade value for Aaron Rodgers, and either the perception is just stupid, or maybe you and I are just wrong about this. And so, I mean, if you look at, the history of quarter it's it's so hard to tell because it's based on you know 
perception different teams obviously have different perceptions so for example you could look at Russell Wilson and say well the guy was no good well but the assumption was he was going to be good plus I think most people assume Russell's going to play quite a bit longer but still Russell Wilson was traded for a quarterback plus two additional players two first round picks two second round picks and a fifth round pick Deshaun Watson now Deshaun is is very young and he's seen as one of the best young players, all that stuff. But considering the baggage, three first-round picks, a third and two-fourths. And, and, you know, they sent back a sixth. On the other hand, Matt Ryan went for a third-round pick. So, yeah, well, Matt Ryan's old and washed. Oh, well, yeah. Yeah, but Aaron Rodgers has won MVP. Well, Matt Ryan won, I mean, not as many, but he also was MVP of the league in the past. You know, Matt Stafford was traded for Jared Goff, plus a first and a third. I mean, that's that's a lot. Matt Stafford's a guy that's up in age. You're trading a actual starting quarterback, plus a first and a third. Carson freaking Wentz was traded for a first and a third. So that's, that's where it gets weird, because you look at it and you go, you know, if Matt Ryan's worth a third, I mean, and I understand he's not good, but he's only worth a third, but Carson Wentz... Carson Wentz was the trade before Matt Ryan. It's the same thing, right? He's not very good, but we're going to trade him to the Colts. And he went for a first and a third. Carson Wentz, dude. So I don't know. Josh Rosen was traded for a second and a fifth. How crazy is that? I understand it's... And that's more of a uh, uh, Jordan Love trade than anything else. Young guy that maybe could be good. But I don't know. We'll see if we see... um, If the rumors begin to pick up, I'm sure you'll start to hear, you know, Ian Rappaport and those guys will start to report compensation that they're hearing is getting thrown around or whatever. Um, Again, my estimation based on the size of the contract, based on the fact that it's like a one-year rental, um, all these different things, I can't imagine it's going to equate to very much, but I am curious what that would be. Um, Let's try to sneak one more in here because I want to get some more calls before we take a break. Hey, Ryan, this is Rich calling again from uh, overseas here in Germany. And hey. Just listening to your uh, your podcast talking about Rodgers and his ability to uh, get another MVP and so on. And I do believe he still has it. I think he still has the tools. We saw it today. Or, sorry, we saw it this season. And I think most of us, when he, we saw he cut his hair, we thought, all right, this is it. He turned the switch on. <laughs> um, the issue is that you know, I think Rodgers plays his best when he has a chip on his shoulder, and he certainly came into the league with a chip on his shoulder, um, had a lot to prove to Favre, and uh, then he won the Super Bowl and um, was maybe going for more, was riding pretty high, um, and, and then he kind of got complacent in there. Maybe it was just the number of years, maybe hearing that he was going to be getting his yellow jacket, Um and for me, I don't think it was LaFleur that gave him the kick in the butt. I think it was the fact that they drafted uh, Jordan Love, which uh, to him, you know, indicated that he was he was on his way out the door. So that put the chip back on his shoulder. He started playing uh, well again. You know, every time we hear Rogers uh, taking ayahuasca, loving at peace in the world, he's he's got a girlfriend that's his soulmate, or he's sunbathing on the coast of St. Bart's with spider monkeys, or he's doing Jeopardy, or he's smoking stogies on a podcast, or showing up as Nick Cage. Man, those are danger signs that he's uh, too complacent, relaxed. He's um, thinking he's just going to kind of roll in there and um, coast on his uh, his past laurels. That does not work. So I think uh, which Rogers shows up in 2023, well, I hope I sure hope it's one with a chip on his shoulder where he feels like uh, he's been disrespected. Somebody's um, put the belt on over him, saying that they're the champion. Um, that's the one that's going to get the best performance out of him. And uh, I sure, sure sure hope that he shows up for the voluntary mini camps. Uh, that's another big piece. If he's truly a leader of the team, he's not going to stroll in there like Nick Cage at the last minute. He's coming in and building up those relationships in the beginning. So my two cents, go pack, go. For those of you who aren't or who are on the fence, please contribute and donate to uh, Ryan's Patreon. Thanks for everything you do. Bye-bye. 
appreciate that. Um, so as I've kind of stated before, I don't really buy the whole chip on the shoulder thing. I think that that's a kind of made up narrative. Um, I definitely don't think that his, you know, uh, increase in play had to do with Jordan Love. I don't really think that that's the case. Um, I just think that we got a bunch of new players and Matt LaFleur brought in the new scheme and it helped Aaron Rodgers, right? 2019, we saw a big jump in the offense as a whole and in Aaron Rodgers' play. And then in year two is when things really got quite a bit better. Uh, I think the chip on the shoulder thing only works in reverse. It's one of those things that we can only look back and find examples of times when maybe it was a chip, but it never works going forward. Where was the chip on his shoulder against Detroit? Where's the chip on his shoulder in the playoffs? Because that's that's a narrative too. Like, oh, you, you can never win in the playoffs. He's a bum in the playoffs, blah, 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 blah. And yet he didn't show up in the playoffs. Why? So I don't really think the chip thing is, is a real thing for me. Um, I think he had every reason and motivation to show that he can do it this year. And um, I don't think he did. I don't think that... Um, that it happened. So, um, I mean, again, if that's what you think, then that's fine. But, but even still it's, it's as a reason why I think he's going to come back and be great. Well, again, it's not as though this whole narrative about Rogers's wash started after the season ended. It it started in like week five, right? (laughs) So what happened? Where was the chip? Where was the the anger in this elite quarterback play because he's upset. Um, no, I think I think he's always doing the best he can, and he had a bad year. And next year, if he decides to come back, I don't really expect it to change. And if it does, I don't think it'll be because of a chip. It'll be because they got whatever kinks that were causing problems, whether that was the offensive coordinator or issues with the wide receiver or Rogers' broken thumb or whatever. Um, that'll be the reason. But, yeah, I, I think the the chip on his shoulder thing has always been kind of an overplayed thing. I think he does carry a chip on his shoulder, but I don't think that was, you know, he wanted to show up Brett Favre and he wants to show up Jordan Love and he might want to, but he he played elite all those years because he was just a great quarterback. And when he plays bad, it's just because he's playing like a bad quarterback. It's not because he doesn't have that chip thing. He's always got it. He can always have a chip. You can always put a chip there. And um, so, yeah, I'm not... Uh, not a huge proponent of the whole the whole chip thing. But anyways, why don't we take a quick break and we'll be right back. We all have smartphones and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right. A company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now, introducing slab packs from arenaclub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy slab packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son, and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. 
From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hey, Ryan. This is Henry from Minnesota. Hey. Um, What's up? Yeah. It's been a... The dog is attacking me. Jesus. Get off. Sorry. You all right? Thanks. Take that dog. Okay. Well... Hello? Everything sucks. Okay, hi. Um, How you doing? Good. I think the culture thing is the thing that is the biggest with the Packers. And I think it's with the old guys versus the young guys. Breaking up a little bit Great there. Head in the offseason last year with S this were from. I don't know if this is going to work. The anyway. attitude all the veterans had when it looked like a bunch of the young guys and uh, the rookies, a bunch of the undrafted. Try to call back again, Henry. Let me know your full thoughts on that. That didn't work out super great. Hey, Ryan, it's Nate. Um, so can we address um, at least one thing for sure here? And for once, it's not about Aaron Rodgers. There's, right. a, there's a new uh, stupid thought that I'm seeing on Twitter from a couple people. Uh, and that's that we trade for Justin Jefferson. <laughs> now, let's put aside the fact that the Vikings are pretty unlikely uh, to trade yeah, their maybe. number one receiver to us at all. Yeah. Um, I don't think that they would want to trade him in any way. Uh, they're going to try to keep him at least through the, his rookie contract until he doesn't want to play there anymore. Mm-hmm. But even if he demands a trade, it's not going to be to Green Bay, Chicago, or Lions. Um just doesn't really happen um, when they were talking about that elite of a player. And then let's move on. Um, let's not. Uh, is, this had to have just been like one person, right? Is anybody else seeing this as a as a real thing among pack? See, you guys got to stop doing stuff like this because it's too easy for then Vikings fans and everybody else to turn around and say, look how stupid Packer fans are. Why in the world would the Vikings ever trade the, uh, to say their best player is is understating it. By a mile, their best player, very possibly the best wide receiver in the entire NFL, who is on his rookie contract and doesn't even cost them money. What benefit are they going to get? There's no benefit to that. And there's no reason for that. So, anyways, I'm just going to assume it was one guy that got you riled up, Nate. Go ahead, sorry. The problem that I have with it is, do you have any idea what he's going to command? Not just in like his salary, like it's, it's going to take up a lot of our salary cap to to sign him because he's going to want a big deal, mm-hmm. as he should. He's one of the best uh, currently. The other problem, um, why why would we want to give up all those draft picks and pay him a ton of money when we have Christian Watson and Romeo Dubs uh, looking pretty solid? They're both they both had great rookie seasons. We're developing them. Why why do we have to bring in top end? talent we could just draft another guy to come in here and we would have a pretty good receiving room i i think we'd have a pretty good one you know bring back Cobb if you want to keep a veteran around i don't want it i don't want justin jefferson i'm sorry i'm like yes do i want him technically yes i would love to have justin jefferson do i want him for what he's going to cost and what we're going to have to give up for him to trade for him not even a little bit no i want to keep those draft picks because we're going to be going into a rebuild at some point we're kind of sort of in one now we keep pretending like we don't want to be in a rebuild not getting rid of rogers but um eventually we're going to move on from rogers and we need the draft picks to make sure that the offensive line and everything stays up good so uh fuck that don't want him uh would love to hear your thoughts on do you want do you want to pay all that for Justin jefferson let me know go they go um yeah i would i think i would but we can't because we can't afford it um the one thing I looked at and will look at tomorrow um, is the salary cap and the fact that we are massively underpaying for wide receiver, which makes sense because our wide receivers are rookies. But the point is we have the cap space to do it. We are in a unique position where we absolutely could, and it wouldn't necessarily be a massive drain on our 
on our cap from the standpoint of if you just look at how you usually allocate your funds, um, we could pay Justin Jefferson a stupid amount of money, and we'd be probably just on par with the rest of the NFL and as far as how much they pay their wide receivers. The problem is we've been so irresponsible at every other position. Now, we don't know how this is all going to shake out, but as of right now, we are paying way too much for the quarterback. We are paying way too much, way, way, way too much for running back, way too much for offensive line, way, 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 way too much for our secondary. So we can't afford it. We can't afford to pay a normal amount for wide receivers because right now we are massively underpaying for wide receivers and we're still $15 million in the hole because of how much we're overpaying everybody else because of how irresponsible we've been with our salary cap up to this point. So that's a pain point that I want everybody else to understand and acknowledge. Because of the bad decisions we've made, we are now in a situation where even if we had the opportunity, and we do have a unique ability to pay a premier wide receiver. Take Justin Jefferson off the table and how stupid and absurd that is. Let's just talk about anybody else. Let's talk about DeAndre Hopkins for a, for a change. Let's just say that he was up and we could trade and we can get D-Hop and he's still a, 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 an elite wide receiver and he's going to want 24, 26, whatever million dollars. And we could do it. We could pay him and we would not be irresponsible in any way with how much we're paying our wide receivers. But we can't do it because we are being irresponsible in other areas. That's the problem. And that's why the salary cap is real and it's not fake. The reason we can't do it is because we've been so irresponsible in other areas. The, the, I looked at it in 2023. What I did is I took the, the last 10 Super Bowl winning teams and I looked at how much they allocate per position. And then I applied that percentage to this year's 2023 salary cap. We should be paying about $35 million for all of our offensive linemen. That is starters and backups. David Bakhtiari is taking $30 million by himself as of right now. Aaron Jones is taking more in his salary cap than, I mean, like three times more by himself. Not even including A.J. Dillon that's taken almost $2 million. By himself, he's taken like three times more. I think he's at like 8%. We should be spending 3% at running back. So, and again, I don't expect that to stay, but it doesn't matter. We're just going to keep changing things, which means kicking the can down the road, which means exasperating the problems down the line. We should be able to pay a lot more for wide receiver. You want to know why we can't go get that star wide receiver you want? Because we're overpaying everybody else because we backloaded these contracts. We kept pushing money out and pushing money out. That's why we are sitting here with $20 million sitting on Aaron Jones' head and $30 million on David Bakhtiari's. That's not normal. And all these little tweaks and all these little things we're doing, that's going to mean eight. That's going to mean a bunch of dead money. Yeah, well, we're going to get rid of guys. Okay, fine. We're still going to pay for it in dead money. You know, all those wonderful, magical void years that just makes money disappear? Yeah, we'll see how that works out with uh, Adrian Amos this year. That's going to be real fun. You know how we were able to keep Adrian Amos? We paid him money and spread it out over four invisible years. $2.258 million in 2023, 2.258 in 2024, 2.258 in 2025, and 1.176 in 2026. See, it's magical. You just put it on these invisible years that don't exist and you don't have to pay it. Except, you know what? He's not on the team right now, but we still have to pay that. And once he leaves, we have to pay all of it. We don't get to keep it spread out over four years. It gets accelerated into this year which means we're going to pay $8 million for the privilege of not having Adrian Amos on our team. Well done. Good thing the salary cap's fake, right? And that's why our secondary, a big part of the reason our secondary is going to be too expensive. We can't get a wide receiver because our secondary is too expensive. Our secondary is too expensive because we're doing dumb crap like this, and we did dumb crap like this so that we could go all in and try to prove to everybody how the salary cap is fake. Look, you just push money around like it doesn't exist. It's no big deal. Look, just move it. Just take that. Just push it over there. It doesn't even, <laughs> not even a thing. And now we get to keep Amos, and it doesn't even hurt. Yeah, okay. Play stupid games, win stupid prizes. You know what you don't win? The Super Bowl. Well, unless you're the Rams in 2021, then you can be stupid and win a Super Bowl. But yes, to answer your question, if it was on the table and we were able to, would I do it? Yes, I would.
I would pay him a stupid amount of money to come play football for us. Because we can afford it. We don't have, if we had Devontae on the team, no. Because you can't have two Devontae's. Because then, then, then all of a sudden we're going to have to underpay all these other positions. But for us, especially with rookie wide receiver, we already have studs, right? And they're super Same thing with like quarterback. That's why everybody loves playing the rookie quarterbacks because you get a stud Pat Mahomes in his rookie deal or whatever. Now we can stack talent all around him and overpay all these positions because instead of paying, you know, 10, 11, 12% at quarterback, we're paying 3% at quarterback. We've got all this money. We got a ton of money that we can just stack at other positions. So, yeah, that's my thought. Hey, Ryan, I wanted to give my opinion on the draft pick considering the tight end, Michael Mayer. Okay. Um, I'm throwing out a what if. they If they draft him, it improves the line. It improves the blocking. It helps out whichever tight end that they bookend him with, or I mean tackle. Um, but what if... They draft Mayor and Washington. <laughs> they So it's funny because not only do we already have a caller about this, but I think it was Goose maybe. Somebody on Twitter had already proposed this. So this is like the third time <laughs> that I've seen this. Get rid of that cursed third-round pick yeah. and use it to bump their second-round pick up and take Mayor and Washington. Now their red zone percentage has got to improve. Their running game has got to improve, and now you've given Love two outlets yeah. to throw to uh, and change up maybe the whole scenario of how you run attack and how you pass block uh, going down the field for like maybe screens and such that things that LaFleur likes to do. Maybe it changes up their offense enough that a team has never seen maybe some of these options before and doesn't know how to prepare for him. You know, I, I think LaFleur has become predictable. I think his play calling is growing very stale, in my opinion. I hate the screen passes, the line of scrimmage passes. I hate them, I hate them, I hate them. I hate them. So use the tight ends, go down and just blister the middle of the field with these guys and punish these cornerbacks and safeties that want to come up on these guys and just let them run them into the ground and wear the defense out and then burn them with Watson. Just my opinion. But I think that would be an awesome one-two pick. I'm out. And I will say this in addition, it's been pretty rare, I would say, that we've seen, like, do, uh, we've seen plenty of teams with two top-end wide receivers but the, in the rare instances we've seen dual top-end tight ends, it hasn't been a bad thing. I mean, you think back to, like, Gronk and Hernandez back in the day, that was pretty frightening. Uh, I know the Rams, I'm trying to look back, the Rams in 2019 had Gerald Everett and Tyler Higby, who were both top-ten tight ends, not super well-known, and I think it was only a one-year thing, but that was obviously wildly beneficial for them as a offense when they were just humming back in the day. I know Philadelphia, it, was, it must have been just a couple years earlier. Philly at one point had two really good wide receivers, or tight ends, I mean. Uh, oh, it was, it's, it, I mean, 2019 included. Zach Ertz was technically 13th, but Ertz and Dallas Goddard just friggin' lighten it up. Yeah, and then the year before, Dallas Goddard and Zach Ertz were 8th and 6th. So, again, I, I, I really don't have any qualms about it. I know one of the negatives that would be pointed out is anytime you go dual at one position you're neglecting every time you take a pick you're neglecting all the other positions if you do it twice you've neglected all the other positions twice um but again i think the the best counterpoint to that would be you're getting in a sense two positions you're getting the offensive line piece and the receiving piece and to finish that thought i would be okay if they drafted the first four or five picks that they could have with uh, bolstering the offense. Um, I think they have put so much talent into the defense. I think it's time uh, draft and develop uh, needs to take a step back to um, their success in free agency and signing guys that are proven impact players on defense. Get yourself a free agent. 
defensive end, pass rusher, and get yourself a proven safety. And I think there's some out there this time to be had. I would much rather them pick somebody that can contribute right away. Um, I think they got enough draft and development guys in the defense now that they, they need to infuse some more veteran leadership on that defense. Um, I think there needs to be guys held accountable and get their act straight. And uh, maybe they can do that through free agency. So just my opinion, I think they, they really need to go strong and heavy on offense and get some playmakers on offense and sign free agents for defense. I'm out. Yeah, I think, um, I mean, the the only counterpoint, and I'm sure you know this and agree with this already, but you, you, I, I generally believe in the best player available philosophy. And so you never want to pigeonhole yourself into an idea that we have to go off, even even with the first pick or any pick. If If there's a legitimate Rashawn Gary sitting there, you don't pass on him because, well, we've done enough. You know what I mean? If Tyree Wilson is that dude and somehow he's available at 15, you pull the trigger, right? If if Brian Brzee is the next stud defensive tackle, he's the missing piece for your D, take him. Take him. Um, We do have needs, as much as it's disappointing because we've invested so much. We don't even have a safety as far as I'm concerned. I don't even know what we're going to do. I like Rudy. Savage maybe could improve. Amos, I'm quite positive, is gone. I don't exactly know what's going on with that. But I don't. I don't think we really have anybody. Now you're right. We can, we can go mid round. We can do all that stuff. But if you have the guys, and you like the guys, you know, if Brian Branch is the best pick at 15, then do it. Would I prefer um, and be okay if, as you said, if it went five offensive picks, and then before we started going defense, and we fill in the rest with undrafted free agents and and, and street free agents and everything else? Sure. But so long as it was based on. Again, you come to that pick and you've got three or four options. Let's say that first pick, we've got a bunch of guys that we have got graded into that same tier, that sort of second tier. Let's say the first tier guys, you got like two of them. They're long gone. And we've got like three left that we like. And it's, you know, at pick 15, you got uh, Keely Ringo, the corner. You got Brian Brzee. And you've got, um, you know, Jordan Addison. Well, you lean Jordan Addison because we want to emphasize offense. Right, so we're still doing best player available because again we've got them graded uh, similarly, but we're going to emphasize the position that we feel is most important, and that's wide receiver and specifically uh, the or less specifically, I guess, the offense. All right, we'll do one more because I got to get going upstairs here uh, doing dad stuff. Hey Ryan, it's Brian from Illinois. Hey, question on our division rivals draft picks now that we know where they are going to be picking um is there anybody that we're hoping they don't pick where they are at right now that's a great question yeah so the bears are up first um it's gonna sound spiteful but it's also kind of honest i i don't want them to take a quarterback uh, on one hand, if they do, it would just make me laugh because it's like, ha ha, I told you, you stupid, and you wasted it. Ah. Um, but I, I, I don't think Justin Fields is the answer. Um, I think he's a great runner. I know for a fact, statistically, he's one of the worst throwers in the NFL. It's year two. He hasn't improved. That's not true. Anybody that's telling you that. Um, and the, the uh, you know we're starting to see the injuries start to rack up from all the running around, and that's also not going to improve. That's going to continue because he's not going to run around less. And if he does, then his entire um, usefulness is is pretty much used up. So I hope that they don't do that. Um, otherwise, not really. I mean, I haven't looked a ton into the guys at the top because we're not picking at the top. I'm not massively impressed. Um, I know that's a stupid thing to say considering I haven't watched him a ton, but I, I I know I did watch Will Anderson and I'm nervous personally. Like if it was our pick, I would be nervous about Will Anderson considering his size. He's extremely small for, uh, for being the number one overall pick. Not that it has to matter, but it, it, it would make me a little nervous as far as, you know, comparing him to truly elite top guys you know, the, the Miles Garrett's of the world that are just freakish, superhuman, like they're just built 
they're, they're inhuman, right? Miles Garrett is not a human being. He's, he's something otherworldly. Will Anderson's a good football player. Um, same with Jalen Carter. I, I never really understood it. I remember everybody was like, you know, uh, Devontae Wyatt and uh, the other guy that were there. They're, they're good, but this Jalen Carter is better than both of them. I remember watching him and just thinking, is he? I don't know. I mean, everybody agrees that he is. I'm just saying I, I haven't necessarily seen why. But, um, look, I, I, I think the best thing that could happen for them probably is to draft Will Anderson or Jalen Carter, and I think that's what they're going to do. So I'm not going to hem and haw too much about it. I think they're going to end up picking one of those guys, and it's going to be a good pick, and it's going to be like, oh, shoot, that sucks. Um, I don't think too much is really going to change based on that. Detroit at six, I have not even really considered. Um, But I think they need to bolster their defense. And I would guess they're going to go defensive line. That could be edge or defensive tackle. Defensive tackle would make the most sense. If Jalen Carter, for example, is still there, if, if the Bears, let's say, trade back to four, and it goes, you know, quarterback, and then would it be three quarterbacks? Or No, Arizona wouldn't take a quarterback. So it would be quarterback, and then let's say Will Anderson. I don't know if it would make it to him. I don't know if he would make it. Who's the next best defender? Brian Brzee? Um, yeah, I think, I think if either Will Anderson or Jalen Carter somehow fell to him, or if they traded up for him, because those are sort of seen as the blue chippy guys. After that, Miles Murphy, I mean, he's sitting there at five. He's probably great. Just nobody talks about him that I've heard a ton uh, in terms of like, he's also this elite freak guy. I haven't heard that. Same with Tyree Wilson and Brian Brzee. I've seen him mock to the Packers at 15. So I, you know, it's hard to imagine he's a, um, seen as one of these truly elite guys. Um, I guess the one thing that would scare me for them is quarterback because they are going to be in range. It's possible all three are gone, but probably somebody's still there. Um, again, the good news is if the guy's not very good, then they go backwards. But, um, otherwise, I don't know. And then the Vikings, I mean, it's no point in even really looking at who's available at 24 because this is going to be so mishy-mashed. But as far as position, what would be the biggest thing that they could do? I mean, you could go the route of taking a, a wide receiver and it's like, oh, come on, are you serious with Justin Jefferson? Then you get another wide receiver, do that whole thing. But I think defense is where they need to go, right? So Darius is probably going to be gone. And so, you know, maybe... The funny thing is if they end up sticking with a 3-4 defense, I saw there were rumors that they may bring on, um, I can never remember his name, the old Badgers uh, defensive coordinator. At that point, you're looking at a guy like Nolan Smith, the edge rusher out of Georgia, potentially. But I also think they just they have so many holes. Um, they're going to need linebackers. They're going to need edge rushers. They, they probably are going to need defensive tackles. Um, corner is going to be an issue. Safety help, I think they're going to need. Not entirely sure who stays and who goes, but... Um, I think a lot of these guys are leaving. Remember that the, the ownership, I think likes to hang on to guys, but I think the new GM is, is probably going to have some different thoughts on that. The other thing to watch out for is I have a, a, a strong inclination that, uh, Dalvin cook is going to be gone. I know that's not defense, but, um, I was watching one of the Vikings channels and he made a very good point that, uh, this Quasi GM that they have is very, very big on analytics and one of the most basic analytics things that you'll ever hear is as we've said before you don't pay running backs so the odds that Quasey is going to pay a ton of money to uh, Dalvin Cook in my mind is almost zero and if he does I have to assume it's not because he thinks it's the right thing to do you absolutely do not pay an old injury prone running back not a single statistician statistician uh, will ever tell you to do that and so if he does that's coming from above in which case, great, because now you got the owners basically dictating what happens to this team and causing their GM to not be able to do what he wants to do. I think Dalvin Cook's gone. And so then you could look at it and say, maybe they go out and get a guy like Jameer Gibbs. I doubt it because, again, stats guy, probably not going to draft a running back in the first round. But that would not scare me a ton just because you're, you're just replacing a guy. You're not really getting that much better. So I don't know. I'll have to look at it a little bit more. I'm sure there are other things that I could think of that would be scary. but. Um, you know, it's always scary when your rivals get better. You don't want your rivals to get better. I don't think the Bears can do anything that's really going to scare me. But, you know, getting a premier edge rusher is always going to be scary. And then you go, the, the Lions, the scariest and also the, the, the best and worst thing they could do is get a uh, 
get a quarterback. So we'll see. We'll see how she goes. I'm going to leave it at that. You guys have a great day. I will talk to you tomorrow. Have a good one. Bye-bye.